Welcome to the Kill Your Internet Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number 42 of the Kill Your Internet Podcast. Fresh new intro music. We're back with you as always. It's your boy, Colin. Also today, we have Mr. Ken Bianco. Kenny, how are we doing today? Uh, we're healing. Yeah, we're healing. We're, dude, you know what? You had to start it like that. Like I was just ready to kind of like walk past the Eagles game, but I guess we'll, we'll go into that. I'm just going to give kind of a play-by-play of how my Sunday went. I woke up. I went to the gym. I am like lit up. I'm so excited for week one. The magic of week one in the air. It's kind of crispy outside. You know what I'm talking about? It's starting to feel like fall. Yeah, like first fall morning. First of. fall morning. So my wife starts a new tradition that we're going to do every Sunday. She's going to make a big pot of meatballs, and that's going to be our Eagles nice. tradition. It's ruined. I'm never going to do it again. I'll throw <laughs> them out. I don't care. So the game starts. I'm drinking a beer. I have two meatball sandwiches. I ate like 12 meatballs, dude. No, not even kidding. The first two quarters, I am screaming. I'm up. I'm running around. And then, I don't know, I had this like existential dread that something terrible was going to happen, and then it did. And by, I'd say, eight minutes left in the fourth, I turned the game off. I was like, fuck this. I'm done with this game. I'm not watching this. I can't watch my team just go down in flames like this. And I, I said to Ken before this, I went and my little brother bought a house, so I went to go see his house. And I was so sad that I was like laying in my bed by 7 o'clock that night. The, the dread and the sadness just came over me, and I was reminded what it means to be a Philadelphia sports fan. Ken, how was your day? Yeah, it was. You know, <laughs> I didn't go to bed at 7, but... I was with you. I had. Oh, I couldn't nice, sleep. I just stared at the ceiling. <laughs> nice case of Miller Light. There you go. Week one ready. Had food. We were watching the game. Everything was great. And kind of like you said, it was almost too perfect. It was and too it perfect. Was Philadelphia sports. So you knew it was going to flip on his head. Well, I, I, I actually I was texting uh, my buddy Sean and I was reminded that last year for my bachelor party, we all went to the Eagles game yes, sir, and the we were down Washington 17 nothing against the Washington football team. And they blew that lead. The favor was returned this year, and now we're off to a hellacious start. I, I don't know. I had a vision this morning when we were coming in to record, because if you're watching the video, we've done some improvements to the studio. Nothing crazy, but we just got some new stuff up on the walls. But I, I just had this like vision of me laying on the ground with my feet up against the American, like up here, just like having like a therapy session. But I'm kind, of, I'm in a good mood now. I'm, I'm, I'm getting past it. I'm, you have I'm, to have that initial Monday to get past it. And oh then yeah, you can start looking. You got two days till so Thursday night, and then my week two. Dana texted me while I was in the bed, and she said, "Are you still sad?" And I texted her back, "Yes." I, I don't know, man. Congratulations to everybody who's not from Philadelphia. You get a nice view into our psyche and what it's like to be a Philadelphia sports fan after an Eagles loss. And it's great, too, because then you put on Sports Talk Radio. They want Howie gone. They want Wentz oh, gone. Oh, yeah. Everybody, everybody needs to be gone. Everybody's shit should be on the curb. That's just the way it has to go. But, yeah, welcome to episode 42 of the Kill Your Internet podcast brought to you by our friends at High Brew Coffee. Uh, grab it at Wawa. Uh, grab it online. 10% off for uh, 12 packs of the triple shots uh, with promo code FOXTROT. Uh, dude, I, I had a high brew coffee this morning before I ran, and I was I, I went for it today. I, I really, Ken also ran. No, you did. did you run today? No. Nah. <laughs> He's like, nah, not a shot, dude. I, I did try to go to the gym, Planet Fitness, but they have a mask policy. Oh, okay. So you 
can't take your mask off. Oh, yeah. My, my gym does, too. And you can tell that I'm having a tough time because I'm just wheezing the entire yeah, time. Yeah, I got like a half hour of cardio, and I was like, nope, because I was like dying. Oh, man. And there's nothing worse than when you're on the machines, and there's the dude next to you who just has his mask off, and then somebody walks up, and they're like, excuse me, sir, can you just put that back on? It's kind of our policy. And then a shit show starts, and there's a fight. And dude, just wear it. You know it's the rules. You see it on every door. Just don't be an asshole. It sucks, but it's what we have to do. Um... All right, well, let's go into something positive other than the Eagles losing and Philly sports in general being a, a steaming hellscape. Uh, we have a new single coming up. We'll be uh, dropping the first teaser for it on Wednesday. We shot a movie for it last week. Ken made his glorious debut in acting. Yeah, I really, real... Um, method. Method. Method actor, yeah. It was a scene scene stealer. Yeah. Why? <laughs> the best part is when you guys see this little movie, we put a laugh track in for Ken's part. <laughs> the best part is I couldn't... Keep my composure. You'll see at the last little bit. Oh, yeah. There's a little smirk, but it's great, too, because Ken does it, and I look. he has his hand on my shoulder, and I look up, and I'm like, dude, what? (laughs) (laughs) And we just kept it in. So, yeah, so new single. We'll we'll be talking about it on Wednesday. Really great. It's just a really good sign of what the second part of the record is going to be. Just an ignorant rock and roll song, and I'm super excited for this one. Uh, we're going to do some stuff with pre-saving it. We'll be sending out early listens, and you'll hear it on the radio and all this nonsense. But uh, it's been super busy for us. And, uh, I mean, I want to talk a lot today about kind of our process. We, we, we'll talk about kind of the podcasting world as well. We have Wendy Rollins, our, our good friend, iHeartRadio legend, uh, on today to talk about her new podcast, The Alternatives Podcast, which is doing amazing, by the way. Uh, super excited to talk to Wendy. Um, other than that, I've just been noticing a lot of uh, music coming out, and I want to talk about if you notice this trend. I'm seeing a lot of major label bands uh, only doing covers. A lot of bands are releasing covers because their labels won't let them release, release major any new music. Re- release yeah. any new music, <laughs> and I, I'm just kind of sitting here like, you know, we see what you're doing, right? <laughs> like, you you know that we like know that this is not like your choice. Your label goaded you into this. Yeah, I think I just saw. Disturbed just did another. Oh, well, I mean, come on. I'm down. um, Sting, if I ever lose my faith. Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't know. Like, because these bands weren't sitting on covers. Their labels were like, you can't release music, but what you can do, it's like the classic thing we used to have someone, like, uh, our manager used to tell us, you guys should get techno remixes of your songs. And I'd always be like, yeah, that sounds great. Not do that. Yeah, or we could not do that. (laughs) I don't know. It was just like a lot of trends going on right now that I'm noticing in in music. And it's like, people think, I always say this, but I always feel like people think like the consumer is stupid, and I know that our fans aren't stupid, and they would know right away. Like, you guys didn't want to do this. The only song I would cover right now is something by Harry Styles. I feel like that would be the only appropriate thing right now. Yeah, it'd be a cool cover. Do you think um, Weezer is real pissed because they, <laughs> they put out that whole shitty covers whole, album? <laughs> and they were like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> They've been cucked, dude. I don't know. It's fun because I love going into like little industry trends that I notice. Cause for like the the person who isn't informed, like I know these things. Like I know like these bands don't want to do this shit. Their labels just holding them hostage and they can't do it. But luckily for us, we don't have that problem. Oh, but we will be putting out a cover next week. No, I'm kidding. We're not putting out a cover <laughs> next week. Um, no, I, I just find that kind of stuff hilarious. On the other hand, I noticed something else. Um, Katy Perry is dropping an album like this month and she can't tour and also she's like having a baby this week too so she's she's got her hands full dude like it's the exact opposite I'm, I, I'm only mentioning this because I saw an, an article and I don't know who it was either like Pitchfork or NME or something and it was like Katy Perry has no incentive to drop an album why is she doing this <laughs> an article 
I guess she's trying to keep up with Taylor Swift. I, that's probably what it is. These pop stars, it's kind of, I have enough money where I can drop an album, oh, yeah. take a loss because I'm on the tour. And but at least I'm not behind the other person. I'm keeping my name in the press. Dude, Alicia Keys is dropping an album, and I'm excited about that. I love Alicia Keys. There's, there, there is music coming out. I'm, I'm not going to act like there isn't. I haven't heard anything like startling come out. And I'm seeing a lot of bands right now doing tracks. Like, uh, I, Do you know who Black Bear is? Yes, I've I see the, the name, name all the time, but like every band right now is dropping like a song with him right was, now. Was it Rise Against that did Rise Against and uh, All Time Low just did too. I get those two bands, but I'm seeing right now a lot of bands doing like collaborative tracks, which I think is cool. But realistically, I kind of know that this is like a piggyback off your streaming numbers thing. It's kind of like a it oh, sh- definitely it shows up on both of our streaming numbers, so it's good for business. But I don't know. I just there was something that I I did hear last week that I got really excited about. I, I, I've been on like a big, um, it's called the Garage Rock Revival playlist on Spotify, mm. and it's all Strokes, uh, like Kings of, Leon. Kings of Leon, White Stripes, that era, Arctic Monkeys, uh, and then the Hives are always on it. And I I still, because Nate Moran turned me back onto the Hives, I still think the Hives are one of the most underrated bands of all time. Oh yeah, they definitely, from that early 2000s rock, Kind of. I gotta get that book off you, dude. What's the name of the book? Meet Me in the Bathroom. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, it's on. I think I have the ebook, but um, you should be able to. Find it's it it's about like the early two thousands New York rock scene. Yeah, sorry, so it's like the Strokes, LCD um, sound system, LCD sound system, and the Yeah Yeah Yeahs are oh. the big three. But then it goes off Kings Interpol, Leon, Interpol, Ki- yeah. Killers, and Ryan Adams is Ryan an asshole. <laughs> um, and it goes even to Vampire Weekend. Is kind oh of really? Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, they're, they're like the the New York they elites. The, the Brooklyn kind of when that Brooklyn scene came. Well, up. they're from like New York elite fam, like the same thing as the Strokes. They're like from like New York elite yeah. families, mm-hmm. which is so weird because they wound up being like yeah, the. Yeah, I went to Columbia. Yeah, I know. Well, what are you gonna do? But it, that's what I've been listening to. If you, well, we're gonna get into what the fuck I've been listening to, but like that's what I've been listening to recently. Uh, let's go into our wildest shit that we've seen on the internet, Ken. Every day, I truly believe that America gets closer to becoming a Pawnee, Indiana town hall meeting. Did you see the video? It was from a Utah anti-mask rally. Okay, so this is what I mean when I say that America's turning into Pawnee, Indiana. So it was NBC or something did a report on this like anti-mask rally in Utah. And these people were literally outside like... He's like, they're like, you know who loves masks? Child molesters. And the guy, like, I can literally tell the reporter's like, what? And like, it's literally just like, no more masks. No. And all I can see is Leslie Nope standing there on the other side of the thing, just being like, but they're good for you. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think unfortunately we have where we don't have facts. It's just what can grab a headline, yeah. and what the media will report on. So. Look, I get it. Nobody wants to wear a mask, but I just find it funny. Like Utah, of all places, like what, what, what the, what's going on out there that you don't like? You don't need a mask. What? There's like 17 people in each town. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I was uh, deep in. I went fishing uh, over the weekend, and I was like deep into into Trump country, like PA. And when I tell you, every 20 feet there was a big billboard sign and like trucks lined up, and I was just like, dude, where am I right now? <laughs> we 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 are a wild country right now. And I'll say it again, we are turning into Pawnee, Indiana. And I just watched that like anti-mask rally thing. And I, I just like, all I can think of was this has to be an Onion article. This has to be a, a Saturday yeah, Night Live really skit. I don't, like I, some type of satire. I don't know, but it was real. The whole thing was real. And I, I, I don't fucking know, dude. Uh, let's move on to our second thing. This is actually interesting to me. And it's also kind of like a, like a no shit moment for the person who's like putting it on. But uh, Joe Rogan says he wants to have... Trump and Biden come to Austin, Texas and do a debate on his podcast with just cameras, no like 
mediators just talk for four hours. First off, yeah, I would watch that. Oh, hell yeah. And I think it'd be interesting, but you definitely you need to get a fact checker or something. Oh, I yeah. Don't, you know, Joe Rogan be the um, yeah. only voice. At ever. what point do they start smoking weed or talking about DMT down there? I don't know. But all I know is Trump, this is the world we live in. The president already retweeted and said, I'm in. And <laughs> I just pictured Joe Biden being like, please don't make me do this. <laughs> please. <laughs> I don't want to do this. He's, he's like, first off, what is a podcast? I, I don't, know yeah, I don't think either of them probably knows what a podcast is. Oh, no. Neither of them do. They're both like 80. All I know is this was my point. Of course, Joe Rogan wants to have the presidential candidates on his podcast. Like, who? Oh, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to have Joe Biden and Donald Trump on our podcast to debate tomorrow on the Kill Your Internet podcast. Yeah, what the fuck they've been listening to? <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. So, what's the wildest shit you've seen on the internet, Donald Trump? Uh, me, like everything that I say, <laughs> my whole personality. I don't know. Uh, the third thing, I, this feels like it was six years ago, but it was like four days ago. So on the No Jumper podcast, Chief Keefe's former baby mama came on and said that Odell Beckham Jr. likes to get pooped on. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. <laughs> you didn't see this? No, no, I, I did, but I didn't. I wasn't sure what the context was. Well, the context, I wasn't sure where it came from. <laughs> the context and- is Odell Beckham Jr. likes to get pooped on. But what happened was the dude who runs that podcast, who I've already said on record is is a total dirtbag, the dude Adam22, canceled their the, the girl's podcast because he was just like, this is too fucked up. I, we can't just be lying all the time, which, by the way, that's how you get all the clicks. But uh, they so can't. Is it not true? It has to not be true because they canceled the podcast. Like th- Those girls were like, we're out of a job now. <laughs> I guess yeah, it'd be slander. So you it is slander. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to catch some lawsuits from dudes? I like with how you said Odell Beckham Jr. Not to be confused. <laughs> Odell Beckham Senior <laughs> also likes to get moved on. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That sucks. And like, it sucks more that like, if you're Odell, you have to come out and defend yourself and be like, I don't like to get pooped on, and everybody it just, just reinforces the narrative. Just play for the Browns. Like yeah. <laughs> it all all the jokes wrote me. themselves, but I just thought it was hilarious. Like, this is like the first time ever that somebody says something scandalous on the internet and they actually lose their job over it. Like, like a podcast, like because it's a corporate entity at this point. The no jumper thing, so they're gonna catch, gonna catch some yeah, lawsuits. You can't be doing that. Nah, you can't be doing that. <laughs> uh, and the last thing I saw, I want to end on a positive thing. Dave Grohl continuing to be the goat. Uh, he did a drum off against a ten-year-old drummer. Oh, named she's sick, that dude. Girl. Yeah, uh, Nandy Bushell is her name, dude. First off, that was amazing. That was so, dude. Shout out to Dave Grohl. He's been going like back and forth. With I know. Too, right? it, yeah. I, well, first off, the reason why Dave Grohl is the man is because he like, like we were talking about the Pat Finnerty show when he just, he just, he, should, he just, can he run for president? I've already said this. I don't think he would. He but would not want that. Job. He would not want that job. But uh, he'd be a great VP for the Rock. Oh, rock yeah. roll 2024. <laughs> Let's go. Um, rock and grow. Rock and grow. It writes itself. How the hell is this not a thing yet? 2024. The Rock is the presidential candidate. Dave Grohl is his VP. Secretary of State is Kevin Hart. It writes itself, dude. Secretary of Defense, Terry Crews. <laughs> um, He's already been president, dude. Hector Camacho. That, that's true. You just be typecasted. <laughs> Shit. We can get him Vin Diesel in there somewhere. Oh, Vin, Vin Diesel. Inter- yeah. Secretary of the Interior. Interior. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, yeah. Uh, okay, so we just wrote our 2024 presidential campaign. Uh, so let's go into what the fuck we've been listening to. Uh, for my first thing, I went and threw it back. I've been on a big... Uh, Mad Lib and uh, MF Doom kick. For all of you rap nerds out there, of course you know Doom, you know Mad Lib. Mad Lib just did all the records with Freddie Gibbs. 
Uh, and MF Doom is just like a legend who absolutely nobody knows who he is. If you're not aware of who Doom is, he literally wears a Doctor Doom mask and has like nine different alter egos. Uh, but just an off kilter rapper mixed with like the off kilter production of Madlib. Like Madlib's the only producer that Jay Dilla ever said like that's the best right there. So uh, I picked the song Raid off of Mad Villain. Just uh, just an absolutely great record. So uh, that's my first pick for what the fuck we've been listening to. Ken, what's your first pick? First, I'll go when I know I think Eric's mentioned him before. Corey Wong. Oh, Corey Wong. Been a little Corey Wong kick. He's just, we've talked about him before. He's it's a monster. He's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I actually DM'd him to come on the podcast. Oh. He saw it and liked it, but I have not confirmed. <laughs> that's not a no. <laughs> no, that's not a no, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, dude. No, Corey Wong, they, they've been putting out so much music. Yeah, they've really taken advantage of. That's uh, why I want to talk to him because I want to say, like, because they're an independent band. Like, I want to know. Like, because they obviously have the freedom to do whatever they want. Like, yeah. I want to kind of talk to another musician who feels that way. I mean, he's probably dropped like five albums during quarantine. Yeah, I feel like the whole Wolfpack artists—they have like a nice network of just. Oh yeah, it's super interesting. I mean, Theo Katzman, uh, Corey Wong, their drummer—I oh, forget their drummer's name—but he's oh, Theo Katzman. Yeah, drums. He, he does drum. Well, I mean, they just rotate so regularly. Joe Dart, uh, the Fearless oh, Flyers, dude. Yeah, I'd said Joe Dart, and Ken started sweating. You wanna? Talk about bass players. That yeah, is. that's someone who, like, if I was a bass player, I would be like, you know what? Fuck that guy. He's too good. I feel I that way about like, songwriters. He's 29, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, man, <laughs> <for the same age. laughs> he's like, Ken's he's, like, I can catch up to him when I'm his age. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, my second song, uh, I was listening to the Head and the Heart radio uh, on Spotify, and a Lumineers song came up. It was a Lumineers cover, actually. Uh, it's a cover of the Talking Heads, uh, This Must Be the Place, Naive Melody, mm. which is like one of my favorite songs of all time, just the, the Talking Heads version. But to hear that, like, kind of like weird 80s kind of like synth driven production just taken down to acoustic guitar and a violin and two vocals. Nice little Super spin. cool, yeah. dude. And I've never heard it before, but I felt like I found myself harmonizing it while I was driving, and I was like, dude. I actually saw a cover. It was a live video of them and Raylan Baxter, who we played with at um, oh, yeah. XBN Fest. Mm-hmm. Cool dude, awesome, awesome musician. But they did a cover of it together, and I didn't know it was recorded. It was on the first album, the bonus track. So I picked uh, Lumineers. This must be the place. Naive melody. Ken, what's your second? My second one, a little sad one. Um, over the weekend, we lost Frederick Nathaniel Toots. Oh, um, Hibbert, dude. Anyone who knows reggae music, um, Toots and Maytals, one of the best reggae bands. Ever yeah. and if they're one of those bands, if you listen to other bands, fifty four forty six, yep. Sublime. That's oh really? I didn't toots. know that. Pressure drop by the Clash. Toots. Didn't know that. Reggae got soul. Three eleven to them. Toots. They're I one love of those the reggae bands. Well, there. I love the fact that a lot of this I didn't know, and I do love reggae music, but like I learned a lot. I couldn't. I couldn't believe how many people I saw posting about it. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I, I that's a really great pick. Great, and I. I you know, I've talked before about how much I love reggae music. Yeah. They're one of those. I think everyone just thinks Bob Marley when That's they think it, reggae, yeah. but you know that band and that voice is one of the all-time reggae voices. So sucks. Yeah, you know? great, great pick. Rest in peace, dude. Rest in peace to Toots. Um, I heard a big block of them when I was in uh, my car driving to fish the other day on XPN, and mm-hmm. I was like, "This is dope, dude. Yeah, great music. Good to see appreciation for an art form that doesn't get the appreciation that appreciation that it deserves." Oh, definitely. Everybody definitely. wants to talk about vacation, dude. Reggae has roots in all music, and yeah, it's I mean, it's universal, man. We even talked bands that our generation, the Sublimes, you know, the Clash, Three Eleven, yeah, they all have those reggae artists that they 
have given respect to and you know it's not a mainstream thing which sucks no it's only main it's one of those things where it's like fashionable in certain spots but if you're a real fan you respect music at all times Oh, definitely yeah that's a great pick man uh so that's what the fuck we've been listening to uh we are gonna go with answering questions from our fans uh they sent us on instagram i have a few here and then we're gonna go to our interview with wendy rollins after the interview, stick around. Me and Ken are doing our coronavirus survival guide for the week. Uh, we're going over our list of things that we love that we're afraid to admit that we love. <laughs> so stick around for that. Uh, but let's answer some questions. So every once in a while, we'll put a uh, poll up on Instagram. We say, ask us anything. Ask us whatever you want. I have some flashcards here. Uh, let's go through a couple of the questions. Question one. Will indie bands return after COVID? To answer this, frankly... Yes, and I think what you're going to see is more people being indie bands than are now. Uh, personally, I think that you're going to watch major labels take a lot less risk on people, and I think you're going to see a lot more people take risks on themselves, uh, especially because the money's not going to be flowing from these major labels, and they're going to have to find creative ways to do it, like starting a podcast or just going it your own way. I think you're really going to see the industry flip to more of an indie model after this. So when you say indie, as in independent, independent artists, bands, yeah, okay, not like the because that's the one thing. It's, a, it's a weird, never, yeah. Sometimes when you get the indie sound, people think like the, the hipster swing, like yeah. you're thinking like early Death Cab for Cutie. I don't know about any of that, but I do know that if you're talking about independent bands, I think kind of like a slightly stupid yeah, independent band. That exactly, does or we were talking about Wolfpack. Yeah. Uh, I think I think you're going to see a lot more people finding creative ways because it's it, this whole situation has made us more resourceful. And I think you're going to see people say... Made the Wild West a little bit more wild. It is the Wild West right now, dude, and it's going to be more wild. All right, next. Let's go. Uh, do you guys want to do drive-in shows? <laughs> Interesting question. I'd like to play a show, so I do one. Yeah, yeah. I know. We just kind of like lock something in that we'll tell you guys next week. But um, here's the thing with the drive-in shows. It's controlled by Live Nation, which is a great thing. Or, you know, like, it's just like who has the infrastructure to put these things on in, in stadiums? Live Nation has the infrastructure. So the, the opportunities are few and far between. If they presented itself, sure, but I'm not going to go out of my way to try and string something together. Yeah, no, like you said, it's an infrastructure thing. Which 100%. Live Nation has the infrastructure to do it. Foxtrot doesn't. I'm not going to go to a parking lot. But a lot of people have asked me, like, why haven't you done things like any outdoor shows? I think there's a certain thing, once you've done certain things as a band, you don't want to kind of digress even no matter what the situation oh, yeah, is. Definitely. And it's also time versus return. It'd be cool. And I'm also still a little bit weird about putting people together. I don't want to be the one responsible if somebody gets sick. They're going to blame me, and I don't need that. You know what I mean? Uh, was it Chase Rice? Chase okay. Rice, exactly. <laughs> that idiot puts fucking 12,000 people together. Screw that guy. Uh, next question. What is the most important thing to do as a band when dropping new music? Make a really good song. Is that a good answer? I don't yeah, know. I guess that's song. okay. If you're talking like mechanics of like how to do it, um, make sure your distribution set up. If you want it looked at for Spotify, submit it through distribution to the playlist through the Spotify artist app four to six weeks ahead of time to give editorial people time to look at. Uh, have good content around it, like good video, do podcasts, do interviews. Uh, make teasers, shoot a movie if you're dumb enough to do that. Um, just your network of people if you have a network. Exactly. Hit up your network of people. Send out radio mailers. Just You have to do a lot of this legwork. Nobody's going to do shit for you, so that would be my number one thing to say. But more than anything, just write a really good song. 
All right, and when are you guys going to TikTok's record label? You know what? I know who this one's from. This is from Paul. <laughs> Fuck you, Paul. We're never going to TikTok. First of all, I don't think there is a thing. Second off, imagine the scum of the earth that would be running to TikTok's record label. I don't know. I don't know either, and I don't want to find I'm out. I'm on TikTok, so I want to know, Paul. Screw you, Paul. You probably know about TikTok, you weirdo, 28-year-old. Yeah, Paul. <laughs> Paul, <laughs> idiot. All right, so uh, that is uh, our questions from the fans. We're going to head over to our interview with Re- Wendy Rollins. Uh, stick around for our Coronavirus Survival Guide after. Before we head to Wendy, uh, one more time, I want to shout out our sponsors for today, High Brew Coffee. 10% off when you use promo code Foxtrot on the website. Grab it at Wawa. Everybody's in Wawa every day if you're on the East Coast. Go into Wawa, grab a triple shot. It's going to fire you up for the rest of the day. Uh, so, shout out to Hybrid Coffee. We're heading over to Wendy Rollins now. Yeah! How you feeling? Yeah! You feel all right? All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcoming back our guest today. This is her third trip. She's one of our reoccurring guests here. We have the legend, the queen, Miss Wendy Rollins. How are we doing today? I'm great, man. It's good to hear from you. It's good to hear from you too, dude. Uh, it's funny because last time we had you on, you we floated out the idea. I actually said to you, I was like, so when are you starting a podcast? And you're like, oh, I don't know. Like, would anybody listen? And I was like, yeah, they would. And uh, we're two episodes into the Alternatives podcast. Shouts out to Wendy Rollins. Give yeah! Me a, a, there yeah. You go. It's, it's, uh, it's been a, a bit of a weird audio adventure because, you know, I mean, I've spent so long in radio um, and there's certain ways you do radio and there are certain ways you do podcasting. And it's, you know, after so many years of a certain lane that you're in, like now I'm like, okay, so I just, I just talk. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Ken were talking uh, about this before the podcast earlier today. And I was like, I keep waiting for her to break into like a kind of selling Nissan commercial. Keep being like, we'll be <laughs> so right back. Why? <laughs> <laughs> But no, dude, I'm telling you, and I, we had the conversation. I said, people are going to want this. People are going to want this and they wanted it and it's been proven. So I just want to say how happy I am as a lifelong listener to hear you back and doing your thing. Like, has it been a weird adjustment? Like, do you feel like you, like you've, it's been seamless in my eyes, but like for you, how does it feel? Well, I mean, just, just looking at a microphone again, I mean, we had discussed this before. This is the longest I've been out of radio in my entire career by a long shot. Normally I have, uh, most times in my career, I've literally been on the air in one place, gotten on a plane with a one-way ticket and I land with a suitcase and my headset and I'm on the air next week. Yeah. That's it. You know, and it's just like, okay, let's go. Um, but, uh, in other cases it might've been like maybe a month. I'm at like nine months right now. So I made the joke to a friend of mine who also recently just lost her gig. I was like, you know, take a step back, but don't take a step back so far that you fall off the ledge, which is what I did (laughs) because I was like, what? You know? So you, know, you, the never, you never hit the ground, though. You never hit the ground. You might have fallen off the ledge, but you never wildly coyote where you hit the ground. It, thank you. Uh, yeah. you so I'm, I'm on some weird ledge, kind of like, what, what is this? So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird spot for me to be in. And just when I see a microphone and my headset goes on, Damn. specifically when my headset goes on, I mean, it's a literal and figurative, the rest of the world is gone. Yeah. The rest of the world is non-existent oh, yeah. because I've spent a huge part of my life literally talking to myself in a, in an empty room. Of if, course. If you think about it. 
Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I, I mean that, that I couldn't imagine what I do kind of being taken away from me and trying to figure out what's next. And look, you did. And this is what's so cool. And I told you, I told you repeatedly, I was like, people want this. People want to hear your voice. And Ken said to me earlier, he's like, it's like, I spent most of my life listening to Wendy Rollins talking to me through the radio. Like it's a voice that needs to be out there and be heard. And the coolest thing I even pointed out to on the podcast, like when we were recording it, I said, you have something that can't be bought. And it's the fact that you forge relationships with people and bands and stuff like that. And uh, you'll get the support from them as well. It's, it's not bottled. It's, it's not fake. You can't pay for it. It's just relationships. And uh, I mean, even to see other bands like retweeting the link to the podcast and sharing it and stuff like that, like it has yeah. to, it has to feel good to know that like, Holy shit, that, that, that was a real relationship. Like this is a real thing. Yeah. And there are a couple of bands that I've been really honored at the fact that, you know, like I still talk with group love, right. you know, I don't have anything to offer them. I can't say, Hey, we're going to put you guys in rotation. I have zip to right. offer, but there are bands like, you know, imagine dragons and, and, and group love and, and, you know, the guys from Sir Sly that I still hear from. Right. And I, I'm, I'm honestly surprised by that because I'm like, I'm Oh, not- because I figure I'm I'm off the map at this point. And if I show up somewhere else and I can put their song in rotation, it's like, hey, dude, what's up? You know? Oh, yeah, of course. And I was going to say, too, because it's something I've always said about you just from an artist perspective. You never had to do anything for You didn't have to do anything for us, but you did. And I think that to me is like that's going to be returned in spades. Like I never for one second ever was like, Oh, Wendy's off the, the Wendy's not on the radio right now. Let's, you know, she's gone. That's not what I dude. I texted you right after. And I was like, yo, you like did. you did. And every person that got in touch with me, I was like, wow. You know? And so that is the point, you know, and I think a lot of radio people, um, have experienced this because I, I don't know for those of you watching, I mean, it, it was already a small pool in 2019, the yeah. people who were involved in alternative radio. And I'm not kidding you when I say we all know one another because it's that small. I, I um, witnessed it at the gathering last year. You guys really do all know each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an extended family yep. and it's one of those deals where like, if you don't get the job, your friend does, right. or you get the job and your friend calls you and is like, dude, I was trying to get that job. <laughs> Good on you. Good on you. You know, um, now we're all calling each other going, so you're out. Okay. Uh, Have you heard about this gig? Do, uh, what are you doing? You know, um, because it's not that people are losing their jobs and somebody come, somebody else comes in. Right. It's that the job doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And radio just seems like it's like homogenizing and expanding and not it's, it's, it's scary. And you know, we talked about it on the last episode too. We talked about, kind of syndication and everything going on like that. And it's been a big week for that, for syndication. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I think time's going to tell whether or not it can sustain or what the hell is going to happen. But right now it doesn't seem like people are overly excited about the idea of having their local jocks going. No. And, and look, I mean, I know the idea is that, you know, well, it works for like Sirius XM or whatever. And those guys are all over the nation. They're not local. That's true. But I think people are at a point where they appreciate a serious XM in their life. They can find their music on YouTube as well. But on occasion, they like to go to a show and say, hey, I heard that interview that band today on the radio. And there they are. It kind of bums me out for the... 
it, it, it bums me out for thinking about kids that are going to are going to grow up in the Philly area who won't have because I remember like even being like in high school and like in college and being like, holy shit, there's there's Wendy Rollins. Like, oh, my God, like that's the voice out of my radio. Like, you know what I mean? Like that was a stunning moment to like get to put a uh, like a, a face to the name. And I don't know. It, it's odd. We are in a we're, I mean, we're on a podcast right now. We're talking in a completely not new, but more of a, a niche art form that's becoming more mainstream. Right. It's so weird. We even talked about it last time. We were kind of saying, like, what is it? Just fucking, like, radio on the internet? Like, who knows? Like, next thing you know, it's just going to be podcast on the radio. We have no goddamn idea. I think the thing that I I truly believe that there's room for all of it if it's done right. And, it, you know, like, radio, I think we are at a point that in a couple of years, it could be gone if they don't pay attention to what people want, if they don't provide the content, right? you know? Um, And I think there are people who could listen to Sirius and the next day could listen to their local radio station and the next day could find something on Spotify. I think there's room for everybody, you know? And it's the same argument where people are like, well, you know, maybe they don't want that local connection. That's the same argument you hear for people streaming concerts. You know, well, maybe they don't want to go to a local club. Yes, they do. They They do very badly. Yeah, so there, there's room for all of us. Yeah. But the, the fact of the matter is you, you've got to have your game on as a band, as a jock, as whatever your entity is. Your product has to be solid. We as as people in the creative industry, the music industry, the entertainment industry, whatever you want to call it, have always throughout our life, people have said, like, you know, it's a very competitive field. You think I don't fucking know that? Like, that's why I'm doing it. I cra- <laughs> I crave competition. Like, and the thing is, and I mean, in 2020 specifically, and it's soon to be 2021, more people are doing it now than ever. You got to be better. You just have to be better. I don't know how else to put it. Like, if you're not built for that, then you're in the wrong industry. But I yeah. think to me, like, I wonder, as someone who spent their life in radio and now transitioned to podcasting, like, do you enjoy the freedom of being able to slip up and say the word fuck from time to time? Oh, yeah, because, <laughs> I mean, you know me. I... I cuss all the fucking time. Me too, dude. <laughs> and, and, and like my own family has said, it's amazing that I've made a career in radio uh, without dropping the bomb all the time. I did once. I did once. Do you know how many times in my life uh, my mom has like come to a show? I remember we played like oh, no. Wells, Wells Fargo Center. And I said like, Billy, let's fucking go. And afterwards... I go see her in the concourse after, and she's like, "Did you have to curse? Did you have to curse?" <laughs> I'm like, "I'm like, dude, I'm your son. Look around, I'm your son. You know that the, the deal is here. Like, I just thought it was funny, and I was like, I was like, damn, when he said fuck, that's so cool because I feel like I'm listening to you on the radio, but it's not, and it's such a looser form. Like, do you enjoy the process of it being a looser form? I I do like that, and the, the number one thing for me is that you know I always have something else to say. Mm-hmm. I, and look. You know, as a kid, I I can remember the grade school teacher that got in my face when I was like in third grade. And she was like, you're not going to be paid to talk. And I was like, (laughs) funny on you. I would love to see her now and just be like, (laughs) you know, but, uh, but, you know, the, the flip side of that is in radio, you know, they don't want your breaks to be long. And I can remember hearing the phrase word economy Mm. and it used to steam me, you know, because they'd be like, you keep it short. It's got to be 15 seconds or less, you know? And I'm like, 
Come on. What are you, who says what in 15 seconds? Yeah, what you am know? I saying in 15 seconds? What, what, what can I gather here in 15 seconds that'll push well, you and further, I, when I came up on radio, I remember the first thing I was told that if you're going to stop their music, you better have a good reason for it. And that guy literally told me, he was like, and by that, I mean, if you don't have something important to tell them, yeah. he said, then, then don't do the break. I don't want to hear it. Just let the music go. Yeah. So, and I mean, I was on overnights in Augusta, Georgia, so you could do that in the 90s. Yeah, of course. Um, so, but in the back of my head, that's always been there. That's all, there's no such thing as a throwaway break. Right. So it has to be worth something. Now, going back to that 15 second rule, I was like, so in 15 seconds, I identify the station, say what we did play and what we're going to play, and I'm left with nothing. You got three seconds to get creative. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, that's, that's not anything. Well, I, it, you know, it didn't go over well because I began then saying with the rise of podcasts, I was like, 15 seconds. And they were like, yeah, they don't want to hear a lot of chatter. And I'm like, well, then explain the, the rise of podcasts. People love chatter. And this comes from a guy, I, I don't know how you are because I want to ask you this too. In the car, it's the only place that I don't, it's like one of the only places right now I don't listen to music. I am a, uh, yeah. I'm a sports talk radio guy. I, am, I live a second double life as a sports talk radio caller in Philadelphia. I do, actually. I just call in and I, I, I talk my shit. Um, what, do you li- <laughs> what do you listen to in the car right now when, you, when you're in the car? Um, I, well, there was a long period that, honestly, I wasn't listening to music at all for like right. a couple of months. I, I went completely mute. Um, and, and that was really weird. That's never happened. Um, but then I started edging back into it and everything. Right now, I'm devouring everything new. Um, like, I'm looking for, I'm on Spotify playlists. Like, if the whole list is like nothing, no, not even a band name I recognize, yeah. I'm like, mm, uh, that's uh. it. <laughs> you you, have you found anything recently that you've been like blown away with? Uh, yeah, I found, uh, I found one artist who previously, from what I understand, was in the pop world. Um, but, uh, she goes by Luna Aura. I've seen Um, the name. I don't know her though. She was one of the ones I covered on my last podcast. It sounds very Veruca Salt. Oh, and it's, it's very much a female rock band. Um, and I'm really... I don't know what the, the old stuff sounded like, so I don't know if she was doing like Katy Perry or, or, or what's happening yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm hearing right now, I really like. Sweet. Um, that's a band that I'm, I'm really interested in. Um, I really, uh, oh, I just found out the frontman from Highly Suspect has another band. Really? Oh, see, I love Highly Suspect. I, I well, And again, I'm just pressing on stuff. I'm like, what is this? What is it? So I heard it and... To me, like, I'm also a big music nerd in the sense that, um, like, you can play me three seconds of a song and I will tell you artist and title. Yep. So, but mostly what I'm really listening to is the lead vocalist. I identify a band by the vocalist. Right. So I know his voice. And I was listening to this band and I was like, that's Johnny (laughs) Stevens. That guy sounds just like Johnny. And as he started to sing, I was like, no, that is, oh, maybe he's doing a guest vocal. It's under, um, I think it's E-I-S. See, they lo- he loves like the weird M-C-I-D. Like, I have no idea what the fuck any of this shit means. But um, I just- my crew is dope. That's oh, what that's- that's- I saw him do a live video of the song 16 and he explained it. I forgot. But the, the, the first two Highly Suspect records, when I heard uh, Blood Feather and I heard Little One and I was like, this is my band. This is my shit. Yeah. This- I- yeah. Dude, Little One 
hooked me because it feels very like I feel like I would love to have heard Chris Cornell sing that. And I know that's like a very high praise, but I would have loved to have heard Chris Cornell fucking wail on Little One. And yeah, then he's he's an extraordinary songwriter. He's kind of a kind of a pain in the ass as a person. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know um, him, and I'm no never going to know him. So is Josh Homme. So are, are a lot. Oh of them, well, yeah. You know? I mean, have you ever seen the, the video of Josh Homme yelling at the kid in Germany on the stage? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Listen, and I'm a Queens of the Stone Age guy. I oh, watched yeah. that, and I was like, if that happened today, my man would be launched into space on a on a rocket. Like they'd get him off Earth. Like. I mean, yeah, there's like, a lot of these dudes. I mean, a lot of people are back a little dude. You can't, you can't do that now. He was, I, I found out something cool. And you're a music nerd. You like to dig into shit. Um, I love Mark Ronson as a producer. He's mm. the guy who did Uptown Funk, and but he has yeah. a very like large history in hip hop. And I'm just obsessive because I love the way he works with female artists and the way that he brings the best out of them and lets them shine. And it's always yeah. been a thing that I've really appreciated. But uh, the Queens of the Stone Age album, uh, Villains, which I some of my favorite work that they've done recently is off that record. Executively produced by Mark Ronson. Had no idea. I think I had read that somewhere, and I was I was kind of tentative because I was like, "Are they doing a dance record?" No, and because I mean, like that could happen. So, um, but then when I heard it, I was like, "I'm not mad at this at all." I watched a document. It's a two hour documentary on Mark Ronson. And in it, he it's like all the people that he's worked with recently. So it's like Lady Gaga, Bruno Mars oh. talking. And then all of a sudden, Josh Hame comes out of nowhere. And I'm like, what the fuck is Josh Hame doing here? And he's like talking about he's like his kids love the song Uptown Funk. And he's like, I hate that fucking song because it just plays all the time. But he loved the way he recorded the drums. And uh, a long story made short, when we were cutting the single that we have coming out next month, I said I wanted it to feel like Queens of the Stone Age met Arctic Monkeys in a certain perspective because I love the way the drums were recorded but in on the new Queens of the Stone Age album, specifically right. the song Feet Don't Fail Me Now. It was Mark Ronson and Josh Hame, and it makes so much fucking sense why I loved it, and I had no idea why. Oh, and then you were like, oh, my God. Well, so then there's your goal. You get, you get Mark Ronson to work on one of your tracks. If that happens, I probably just kill myself afterwards. I don't, I don't, like that would, that's like one of those things. Like, Cause I love hip hop. Like I love, I love, and I, I also have like a deep reverence for Amy Winehouse and I love mm-hmm. Lily Allen and I love me or I love, uh, oh my God, uh, Dap King, Sharon Jones and Dap Kings. He mm. used, he used their backing band on all of the Amy Winehouse shit. And so like, I kind of found this like space where I'm like, Mark Ronson's my guy as far as producers go. But He's I guess that kind of leads me to, like, all right, so there's been a lot of really big alternative records that have come out. Like, I loved the Strokes record that came out earlier this year, which I was surprised because I'm I wasn't a big fan of what they've done recently. And then I texted you about the Killers album. What did you think? I'm so, still give me a, honest opinion. I'm still a fan of the first album, which yeah. is far more. Uh, it's far more of a synth rock sound. Yeah. Um. And I wouldn't say that now they're doing synth pop. That's not what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, if it's possible to do synth Americana, somehow or another, they've made that flow. And, and, and I don't know a lot of people in that game right now, but like he's got the voice that fits right into it. So good. You know? Well, they've always, smooth, ever since, rock. ever since like um, when you were young, and bones off that second record. I've always seen this kind of springsteeniness in him that he loves like that kind of a vibe. And so when I was listening to the new record, 
this once again goes long story short, but I was like, this feels like the war on drugs. It sounds like they made a war on drugs album. Turns out Adam Grant Duciel played guitar on like four of the songs. So they actually got the war on drugs to work on the record. Okay. Okay. See, that totally makes sense. And it's interesting. You bring up those tracks from the killers uh, that they had done, like when you were young and everything, that's where you could start to see the, the change and look bands age yep. and their tastes change and what they want to explore changes. I, I in no means have a problem with the killers. I'm actually glad to see them go, okay, you know, we want to go over here. Cool. Yeah. Cool. That's fine. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and I think they really made a concerted effort to go with that vibe and they really embraced it. Yeah. I'm, I'm into it. Well, I mean, in, the, in, in that perspective, like who have you seen that you've liked the way that they've, as like they've progressed on, like I think of a band like Panic at the Disco that changed, not changed, but they aged yeah. differently. You know what I mean? Like, so I think about like Brandon Yuri doing this theatrical shit. He was always theatrical, but now it's like stadium theatrics. Yeah, yeah, it got really big. I mean, the last time I saw him, he had a baby grand piano that he was literally that was airborne flying over the audience <laughs> while he was playing it, and I was that like, "Wow, you just, you just took that shit straight up, didn't you?" Um, I would say two that really changed um, Radiohead really changed. Yeah. Um, and My Chemical Romance really changed. Um, and a lot of people, I think now, just think of Radiohead as this sort of people, sort of, ooh, weird. Not how they were at all. No, they started as a full fledged rock band. Yeah. Um, and I still love those songs, and I know they hate those songs. I know they do. And um, that's my, my radio head. I love the Benz. I love Pablo Honey. And mm-hmm. I, but OK Computer was where you saw this split happen where they were like, OK, we've done the rock thing. We can do that really well. Let's see what fucking planet we can wind up on. Yeah. yeah. Like, Tom, your- Tom, uh, Tom York loses his goddamn mind, and then they start <laughs> – they follow him. But I, I mean <laughs> – uh, in rainbows is one of my favorite Radiohead records and like body snatchers to me is like the perfect like midway between like their weird shit and then also just rock shit but i mean like i yeah. I, it, I still haven't given kid a a full chance kid a is too much for me and i this is also me just kid like a. Uh, yeah, and I think it's meant to be overwhelming because oh, yeah. that's when the band had really hit the pinnacle of popularity. Have you ever seen the documentary Meeting People is Easy? No. Oh, dude, you would appreciate this. Yeah. So it, Radiohead did a documentary, um, and it is uh, they basically follow the band, and it's as things are starting to build, and they're, you know, supposed to play on awards shows and they're supposed to do this press and you start to see where now you think of like you know radiohead being on mtv you know on something like that like people would be like oh god no they would never well at this point in their career they were expected to still do these things and you start Uh, to see the band like uh i i i I can't do this just start to sink back into themselves Yeah, what ends up happening is you see a band who, yeah, they signed it on the dotted line and they agreed to, you know, certain stipulations and you're going to do this press and you're going to do that. But you see them start to be like, well, we're famous and people are at shows, but I'm not comfortable in my own skin anymore. Right. And what ends up happening is 
at the end of this, and I'll tell you, at the end, you'll see, you never see them actually on stage. It's everything that happens off stage. Yeah. So, which is really kind of cool. Um, the last show happens, Tom York comes off stage. He literally stops talking. So you'll see he seems very reserved and people are like, Tom, Tom. And he's just like, so Tom York flipped the fuck out and they actually have it on camera. Awesome. So it goes to credits. But what happened after that is uh, he, he, he lost it. Um, and uh, it's quite interesting because he calls up Michael Stipe. Now, this is the story that, that came after that. Yeah. He calls up Michael Stipe because this is a person he gets, he feels like gets him, and yeah. he's been there. He calls up Michael Stipe and says, uh, I, I'm not comfortable with this. I don't know what I'm doing. We're famous now. We have agreements. We have contracts. We have lawyers. We have so many people involved in this machine and basically kind of confided in him. So uh, Michael Stipe's response was, just tell yourself, I'm not here. This isn't happening. That later became the Radiohead song. That's where wow. the lyrics came from. That's, and that's where they start to go in to Kid A and all that. that's, oh, that's fucking incredible. That's where it goes from there. Well, it's to, like to that point, like you watch because Radiohead was the biggest band in the world at that point. You know what I mean? Like they were they blew the fuck up. They were I'm, on a trajectory. I'm always interested in artists who buck the system. Like it's why we had conversations about Fiona Apple. Fiona Apple is one of the most famous people to say this is all bullshit. But to watch her sink into herself and do things like uh, what the the bowl cutters record. Uh, what is it? Get me the bowl cutters or fucking you listen to that you're like this is an artist who sunk back into themselves and said i'm doing what the fuck i want to do right and like to me like i look at certain bands who somehow walk the line of like i think about food fighters food fighters never lost their their love their energy they they i mean they burn out at a certain point and then came back together but it's like i give respect to them and i also think about bands like we talked about i remember another record we talked about arctic monkeys most recent record what the fuck was that? But at the Dude. same time, it was like a, a kind of like a middle finger to everyone to be in like, I'll make a interstellar lounge album. I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't care. I don't care how great AM was. This is what I want to make. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And going back to, like I said, um, my chemical romance, um, technically three cheers, which is the album that everybody knew right. that was not their first album. Yeah. They had so, one or two before they had one before that. Um, and you know, it, there's a reason that that first album didn't take off. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, and then, so you get into three cheers, which most people met them at, but there you have a pretty aggro punk leaning sort of, you know, band, but then you start to see them develop and they write songs like Helena, yeah. you know, and then by the end, you, you've got almost like a, Punk glam band, punk you know? glam opera. Like it's a fucking. Uh, oh, it's a rock opera. And yeah, that, that, and, I and love if that. You look at that one as well. I mean, that band was on a trajectory, and then they also went. No, nah, we're this is it. We're good here. We're gonna stop here. You know. But that's why people love them, though. You know what yeah. I mean? Like to me, I, I always it's a large conversation amongst our band. It's something I write about all the time. But it's as an artist, the fight for your soul, especially mm -hmm. when you get into this space where it's about money and you have lawyers involved and managers. And can I make it? And if I do, can I contain myself into making what I'm gonna make? And it's almost like I've kind of met some of my heroes, and I kind of wonder whether or not they really like the choices that they made. 
And when I look at artists like, I mean, we talk, I feel like every time you're on here, we talk about Prince. That man had no rules. And I, and I appreciate artists that just somehow finagle their way through, I guess, confidence and ability just to say, I'm good. I'll do whatever I want. Right, right. We, yeah. don't, we don't all have that luxury, but if you do, take it. Yeah, and I think that's some of it is that they don't all have that luxury. And, and I think, you know, even like you said, when there's lawyers and contracts involved, there's even to a degree of the, the folks that are touring with you you're their oh, livelihood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you're like, you know what, I, I don't want to tour anymore. And they're like, what? You know, I, you you've got about, a lot of people depending on you. And I that's, mean, that's a tough game. Even when you watch a band go through a major change, like Mumford and Sons, when they stop doing the super folky stuff and they make uh wilder mind and you might not like it, but you have to respect the fact that these guys said, we have so much online. Let's do what we want to do. And I actually kind of, I dug yeah. that record a lot, but um, I don't I know. Too. Yeah, I, I I appreciate. Have you ever seen the documentary? Uh, it's called the Lost Basement Tapes. It's uh, yes. it's one of my favorite doc. I watch it like once or twice a year just to like get myself back in that space. But to watch an artist like Marcus Mumford, who was in that was when they were the biggest band in the world at that time, and he's like, I can't stop writing the same thing over and over again. I just keep making the same thing over and over again. And it's like we were all thinking it, but to watch somebody be like. I'm having a problem and this is like, then he makes wilder mind and I'm like, okay, this guy's got it. He got over it. Dude. Amazing conversation thus far. Before we get you out of here, we do a thing. I ask five rapid fire questions. You do your best to answer them. Uh, they're weird questions. Some of them, but let's start with the first one. It's my first question. Always. What is your best and your worst show memory? Uh, like concert or what I did on the air. No, no, no. Concert concert. My uh, my best and worst show memory. What oh, is your all time best show? All time, like you didn't you didn't have to be involved with it. Didn't have to be a one zero four five or an alt one zero five seven show. I'm saying like you were there and you're like holy shit. I will remember this to the day I die. Um, there was one of those moments that for me personally, uh, we went and saw uh, REM. Um, and REM was playing at the Man. Um, and Pearl Jam was in town. Oh and, what? And they're friends, you know, and of course, everybody's making the joke. Oh, yeah, maybe Pearl Jam's going to be out in the audience or something, you know, and uh, it was the joke. Well, Eddie Vedder came on stage He's and so performed cool. uh, a classic REM track, which happens to be my husband, Paul's favorite, which is called Begin the Begin. Uh, and I don't know that I've ever heard him scream like he did and i mean when he told me i could be hit by a bus leaving right now and i really wouldn't care that's awesome. i mean that wasn't an exaggeration because those were his two you know top artists right yeah. there um when he was in high school you know those are the bands that got him through and to see those two on stage together like so cool. and and the thing is is that the whole audience when he stepped up because he had like a trucker cap on and he took it off and everybody was like Oh, oh my, my God. God. You know, and that was one of those moments you were like, oh, no, 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 that's him. That's, that's him. That's, so that's it. And then the band started and everybody was like, but uh, I, I am going to say a tie for that was when we saw Pearl Jam do 10 in its entirety. See, that's again, incredible. Nobody saw that coming, but there was something in that audience when they went into the second track. And they didn't talk. They just, that was the thing. They, they just ripped through it. And everybody started looking around. I literally grabbed a man next to me 
he and I looked at each other, locked eyes and went, Oh my God. <laughs> you know? And I mean, people like, Nobody picked up a camera. Nobody, everybody literally, like, it was like everybody grabbed hands to hold oh. on for what was about that. Cause we knew it. We were like, Oh, oh God, so you're cool. doing this, you know? And that's when you felt an entire arena together, just like it clicked. That to me, the guy reminds me of, um, it was like three years ago. I saw Springsteen. This is once again, me nerd now. But, uh, when you talk about playing an album, it's, it's like succession. Uh, yeah. it was the very beginning of the set and he played, um, blinded by the light. So this is the first song off the first album. And then he played the second song and then he played the third song. And I was like, holy shit. He's playing the whole first album. Yeah. That album ended. And then he started with the second album and he played the second album all the way through. And I was like, what the fuck is going <laughs> on here? Because it was a reunion for a different album. It was the, the River Tour. So it was supposed to be the whole River. No, he played the first two records. And then he played the River. And then he played 20 Greatest Hits. I was like, I'm never going to. This is the best thing that's ever going to happen to me. I don't know. So, uh, all right. So uh, what's, give me something that was like, see, this is tough. This, what's your worst show memory? Like just being disappointed or like, this could be something you were hosting a show and something fucked up. Like we usually ask bands this, but I thought I'd ask you too. Um, well, the worst one that I saw and I was like, what, what's, wh wh what's happening? Um, it was, it was Scott Weil and solo. Oh man. And, and I, I knew I was like, he's not, he's not coming back. That's so, you know, man. uh, his, his movements, his voice, you know, I was like, that's, that's not even him. He's yeah. not here anymore. Yeah. By, um, the, by the end of his life, he didn't even look like the same guy. Like, I, yeah, I did one of those last interviews with him and I remember he, that. like literally there was no expression left on him. I could have oh, said, man. you know, I shot somebody, Scott, and he would have been like, cool. <laughs> you know? And I was like, <laughs> I, know. Yeah, ah. I remember, I remember like being a kid and like, so like when I was in like end of grade school, velvet revolver came out. And so I was like, damn velvet revolver. Holy shit. Like, that's really cool. And then watching old Stone Temple Pilots videos from like when like Interstate Love Song and stuff, I'm like, that is not the same dude. They do not look like the same human being. Yeah, that's well, that's I, I will tell you, my husband and I, he actually said it first, and I totally believe it. Uh, there was a point somewhere in there that I think, honestly, he had a stroke. Really? Because if you look at him, like when he was full form with Stone Temple Pilots, and then you look at him a few years later when he went solo. Yeah. Like you said, it doesn't look like the same man, even. Right. And his yeah. emotions were different. His speech was different. And I was just like, I, I wonder if you're right. I wonder because look, that dude was a train wreck. Yeah. And, but when he, if you look at that old footage, and and if you guys don't know, go back and watch their unplugged. Unbelievable. When that dude rolled up and was sitting in a rocking chair with a turtleneck. I was in love. Like yeah. I was going to drive to New York, find this man and be like, you are mine now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take care of you, baby. You yeah. know, um, it's, it's so funny too. Like you bring up, like uh, we had this conversation the other day too, about like artists who somehow don't age at all. You, the mm -hmm. number one is always people talk about Pharrell Williams. Nobody talks about Chris Martin. Chris Martin looks exactly the same from 2001 <laughs> to 2020. He might be better looking now. It makes no yeah. goddamn sense. Unbelievable. Yes. Alicia Keys, another one. Alicia Keys looks better now than she did when she was like 19 coming. It makes no sense. Modern medicine is amazing for one and two. It's a difference between... Dude, Bruce Springsteen has put out a new song. He sounds better than he did in 93. 
I know. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's, and I love that because sometimes, and I'm sure it's happened to you, you see an artist in the, the, the later days and you think, God, I wish I hadn't seen this because you used to be awesome. Because that's what happened to me with Scott Wyland. And right. I was like, no, no, what happened to you? I'm, I, I had the wonderful experience of meeting John Bon Jovi and meeting him and being like, dude, do you like live in like a cryogenic chamber or something? Like, what's your deal here? Dude, you look amazing. Like, yeah, but, you're like, is this a hologram? Yeah, like, dude, it's a 1994 hologram. All right. Second question. Less, okay. less heavy. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Ah, that's the right answer. High brew coffee, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who are in <laughs> it. All right. Uh, third. What's your favorite genre of movie? And then within that genre, what's your favorite movie? Oh, um, I love, uh, I, I would love to be artsy and be like, oh, I love a good documentary. <laughs> um, but I, I, I like a comedy. I do. Oh, good answer. Um, I, um, oh, but. No, go ahead. I like a comedy, um, but I just thought about it. And if I'm being real, um, uh, it's sort of a fantasy adventure, sort of Lord of the Rings, man. Okay, I mean, there you go. I'm a big Lord of the Rings nerd. I thought you were going to say horror for some reason. I don't know oh, why. I thought you was a horror fan. That's actually, it's actually quite the opposite for me. Really? If you show me something that could, it's a horror movie, but it's PG-13. I'm like. Yeah, no, I'm not. A, I, can't do gore, I can't do gory movies. I hate them. Erica, no, no. on the other hand, Erica is like, did you see that guy get decapitated? That was awesome. Like, I can't do it, but. I love, I love Eric, our guitar player, is a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I did Game of Thrones. It took me a while to like, like release my inner bro and just be like, get out of here. I'm just going to dive into this Middle Earth. And I was like, all right, this is pretty dope. I like this. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a man in love with, with Aragorn still uh, from Lord of the Rings, who, oh, well. uh, which was pointed out to me is more or less the lead singer of Silver Sun Pickups. And I was like, oh, that's wow, why. Wow, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who is that? Viggo Mortensen? Uh, yeah, Vigo Mortensen, Brian O'Bear, same guy. Yeah, same guy. Oh, I'm gonna have to look that up after this. <laughs> All right, here we go. Fourth, this is a, a continuation of a conversation we have later in the podcast with the band. What is something you love that you're embarrassed to tell people about? Like, like I'd say guilty pleasure, but like I'll give you an example of one of mine. I love a good face mask. I love a nice like peel off face mask, and like it's not something I'm like super like I run around telling people about it, but I love a nice face mask. Okay. Um, geez. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm trying to think here. What is a weird thing? You're a pretty open book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some weird oddities about me. Like, um, I actually really enjoy archery. See, that's a weird one. <laughs> there we go. Again, like Lord archery. Yeah. Um, what are you, Legolas? Yeah. yeah. We used to do a lot of archery when I was a kid. We had a big backyard and my brother would put like tin cans up and you'd try and hit them out of the, the limbs of the trees. It's a very Southern and, thing you just said there. You're from the yeah. South. I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, it's not like I was hunting wild boar, but you know, <laughs> no, that's we, Southern. we know from my history and you can't really see it as much anymore, but like I, what you saw me Three days after this happened, I am not allowed to be around weapons because I got scoped by a gun in Georgia. And do you remember this? You saw us at the Smith's Old Bar show after, and I had these oh. like Frankenstein fucking stitches in my face that started bleeding on oh, stage. Like I've had to work really hard to like get it down, but like they did a terrible job on these stitches. And like even like my wedding pictures and shit, if you look close enough, I got this little hook above my eye, which I love, but like I know I'm not allowed to be around weaponry. All right, last one. 
now we've kind of covered some of this. What's your biggest oh shit moment where you've been around somebody and you're like, I cannot believe that I'm standing next to this person. Like biggest oh shit. Like I can't oh, believe that. I, I, you know, cause people always are like, oh, you're so calm about, you know, um, Henry Rollins without a doubt. I was horrified. I mean, dude. Horrified. What, um, a, what an interesting human being. Oh my God. I'm obsessed with him. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I have all of his books. I'm, I'm totally in the book club for okay. him. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm big time obsessed with that. I've seen him multiple times live. The catch with Henry Rollins is that, um, if you wait backstage, he will come out. He will talk to you. He's That's not awesome. on a meet and greet time. He's Henry Rollins. He's yeah. on his own schedule. So, um, so for me, like when I'm working and I've met somebody famous and trust me, I've met people that internally oh, I was like, Oh, oh God, God. <laughs> you know, but I'm working and I need to do an interview and keep my shit about me, you know? So at this point, I'm not interviewing Henry Rollins. I'm going as a fan. So yeah. all bets are off. Um, and uh, I waited and it was really painfully awkward because he comes out and he's signing things and he's taking pictures with people and he's talking to people. And he's still Henry Rollins. He's still very, it's nice to meet you. Yeah. Yes, I'll be in your picture. You know, and I'm like, and I literally stood an awkward one foot away from him, almost a little bit behind him, you know, as though I was going to shank him, perhaps. Of course, yeah. Um, and on occasion, he would, you know, like giving me like, lady, are you just going to follow behind me or do you have something to say? You know, I'm taking pictures with other people's cameras for them because I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll oh, take yeah, your picture. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. Uh, okay. And he, and I'm sure he's thinking like, you're not a photographer. What are you doing? Yeah. You know? So finally uh, I'm, I'm like one of the last people there. And I was like, okay. Oh, oh, okay. 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 <laughs> and so I walked up and I was like, I've read all of your books. Um, and I was like, and I based a lot of my career on you because um, your work ethic is outstanding. And Fact. it's, um, kind of uh, brought me to a place in my career uh, that I've been in radio for so many years now. And, and he's just looking at me and I was like, and I, and I kind of wrapped up very awkwardly with, I know you're not comfortable with uh, uh, any sort of expression of ex- affection, but I'd like to give you a hug. And he was, <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes, I'm prepared for that. And I was <laughs> That is the most Henry Rollins story of yeah, all and time. I'm, it was like hugging a table. It was very like, well, yeah, he's a brolic guy. He's very like, yeah, I was like, Ooh. you know, and I got my picture and again, my husband, Paul was there and he was like, do you need me to drive us home? Cause the hands. <laughs> were, and I was like, yes. Oh, that's yes. amazing. So yeah, that was the one. And I do have the picture. Um, and like, I've even emailed with that guy. Cause that's another thing. And that's not because it's me. You can email Henry Rollins and he will email you back. Have you ever like watched the interview he did? With, have you ever watched the interview he he did with Joe Rogan? They sat in a, in a, in a room for like five hours, and yes. he's going over. He's like, "Yeah, like I I went up in North Korea and I was taking pictures, and then they put me in this room and like all this shit." And he's talking about he had to fly back through Iraq, and like they were like, "You need to get out of the airport now." I'm like, "This dude is like a fucking movie character. Like he's just lived an incredible life." Honestly, like people know about Rollins band and they know that he writes books and he's done radio shows, but there is nothing. And I would tell everybody, go see him live. First of all, you're going to be there for at least three hours. 
Um, and he has no notes. He goes off the cuff. I love it. Um, and what you will find is he, it's basically like an audio book. He's going to tell you about his travels, about his experiences. And he's so much more fun than, than people actually think because yeah. he is a very intense man. But when he's on stage, he's a lot more loose. Yeah. Um, but just quick sidebar. One of the things I've always loved about Henry Rollins is his old hardcore days are still with him because while he is now gray and doing spoken word, you'll notice one thing when he comes out, he takes his microphone and he wraps the cord around his arm and holds the mic. Oh. So nobody can take his microphone. That's from the love hardcore it. day. Love and you'll it. notice he still does it. <laughs> I love Henry Rollins for the fact that that man is so unbelievably self-aware of who he is. And one of the other things I saw about him in an interview and, and the interviewer was like, why aren't you married? He's like, I, I wouldn't want to put anybody through that. It was a great quote. It was an amazing quote. He was like, I wouldn't want to put anybody through that. And he's like, I wouldn't be around. I, I don't have the ability to love like that. And I was just like, damn, like that is a very self-aware thing to say as an adult. He's, I mean, he's often said that, and, and unfortunately I, I do think to a degree it's true for all of us, your personal life or your professional life will succeed. Fact. Only the very. No to say that, but he did. And, there is truth to that. Well, that's the thing. Like I appreciate honesty in that matter. Cause you want to talk about the American dream. It happens to very few people that you can have the best of both worlds. Um, but I always appreciate people who know their shortcomings and they're aware of it and they don't try and force the issue. They're just like, look, I am who I am. That is what it is. Right. Right. And you know, and I mean, and I think that's true. Like when you're truly like pursuing something and look, some people pursue uh, a family yep. and that, that's what they pursue some people pursue like for me you know when i was pursuing radio there's a reason i have two ex-fiancés right and yep. i kept going in radio i mean the, the most important <laughs> i always say because people always ask me like dude the music thing that's got to be crazy to have a wife at 27 like being like the number one thing for me and with with my wife has always been just be honest just be honest about what you want. Just be honest about what you're doing. And like to me, if if I don't, I don't want to turn this into a relationship segment. But like, if I have any advice for anybody who's in a relationship, just be honest about what you want. That's all you can do. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and and make concessions when possible. That's another thing I will say too. Yes, when when you can, but you also have to respect when somebody says they need something or want something that you can't provide. Like if you're not on the same path, you're not, and that's okay. It's Life. cool, but Life. it's better to find out before you put a ring on or anything like that and then go, Hey, why don't you go do that? I'm going to yeah. go do this. <laughs> you know? I mean, for me, one thing I've learned my year of marriage now is just to always try and be there for the other person and try and be present at all times when possible. But like, yeah. just always be honest. Just be honest about your situation. If you're stressed out, be honest. If you have to go somewhere, be honest. Like just don't fucking try and hide your emotions because it's never going to work out well. No, no. And that was the end of the Colin Budney and Wendy Rollins relationship hour. Uh, Wendy. We're glad we could help. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for part four whenever you are. I want to make this a monthly thing because I feel like now we're in concentric circles. We're working in the same thing here with the podcast. And fucking, I, I just love having you on. I love having you around. And I'm so happy to hear your voice back on recorded audio. Thank you so much. And honestly, in talking with you and hearing from you and just thinking like, you know what, maybe I am overthinking this. Maybe, maybe I should just, just get to it. And that is why I seriously went into a closet and just hit record. And I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to, I'm going to do this. We're all thankful for it. I'll tell you that much. Thank Wendy you. Rollins till the next time. Adios.
All right, and that was our friend Wendy Rollins. Amazing interview. Great job, Wendy. I'm really excited for the rest of her podcast, and it, it's always good to talk to her on what she's doing. She has a great mind for music. She's so definitely one of that playlist she puts up. Is, oh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's got everything. I mean, it's got Foxtrot on it, so you know it's going to be good. But no, it's really cool because she's one of those people who will put these playlists up, and you'll see the major bands like uh, like freaking like X Ambassadors or like uh, the Unlikely Candidates share it right away because. She has built this connection with everybody that is like you can't buy. It's it's she's a good person who was in like a position to help people and did it. Yeah, and also one of the best radio voices. If you're in the Philly or Atlanta area, you know you still get to hear that that voice that you're not hearing on radio. Exactly, it's the best, dude. So shout out to Wendy, we love you. Uh, let's go into our Corona Survivor Survival Guide for the week. Every week we try and pick. Kind of like a Mount Rushmore situation where we try and go through and list our favorite things. But today we were, well, like I said, we were doing some repairs to the uh, studio, just adding some new stuff. And <laughs> I went to a Michael's craft store, and I can't tell you how much I love craft stores. AC Moore, Michael's, I love the smell of it. I was gonna say, great smell. Oh, great smell! Stores. I could walk up and down. I could walk out of there with three carts full of shit. I just love. I love arts and crafts, <laughs> and that's. A, <laughs> I love arts and crafts. I just imagine you coming out with a bunch of wicker baskets. Oh, dude! Like I was <laughs> literally gonna walk and be like, "Where's the wicker, dude? I need to know where the wicker baskets are." So, it brought up this point to me of, what is something that you absolutely love that you're like hesitant to tell people that you love? First off. Put the ego aside. If you love something, just love it. Fuck everybody else. But this, these are the things that, like, traditionally, we'd be like, oh, I feel kind of weird about saying this out loud. No, to- no toxic masculinity in 2020, ladies and gentlemen. We're not doing that shit. Keep it away. I, I'm a bro to the, to, the, to the core, but damn it, do I love a nice AC more. Ken, uh, I'm going to go first. This is a real thing. I love a good face mask. I really do. I do. <laughs> he looked at me like, okay. dude. oh, dude, no, I love a good face mask. I, we were having a big argument the other day because I like moisturizer. Like, I, I like a nice skincare routine. That's a new thing. Well, you didn't have one in college, did you? No, we hell no. Together, so. I was 21. I didn't care. I'm, I'm 28, dude. I got to have that nice skincare routine. Uh, no, in college, everybody had like one bar of soap that you used to shampoo too. That is true. Our shower yeah. was disgusting. Our shower was disgusting. We had the three in one, like body wash, face wash, shampoo, conditioner. It was like a puddle of. Yeah, there was always beer cans Shit. in the shower too. But yeah. Uh, no, I like a nice face mask, dude. Nice, nice peel off face mask. Feels great afterwards. Feel like a G. Uh, so, face mask, something I like to do. Ken, what's your first thing? So, my first thing over um, quarantine, I found out how to do this on my phone. I was still playing Pokemon. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm 29, and I, here I am playing Pokemon, and I'm not ashamed of it. I mean, dude. I grew up with it. It's a great game. I mean, our friend our friend Droopy, like, legitimately will walk around all day playing Pokemon Go, like, just, like, walking in circles, like, just playing Pokemon Go. So that's a real one. I don't play it. I'm not into it, but I respect it. I respect your commitment to the game. Good. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, what Pokemon did you catch last? I forget. I haven't been playing in a while. <laughs> Uh, my second thing, this is a real thing, and this is something I can I can admit because the band knows it because I bring them everywhere we go, like studio. We have one over there right now. I love candles, dude. I love candles, and I <laughs> my wife brings candles into the house constantly. I love candles. I just I know it's weird. I fuck you. I love candles. You really check. I mean, arts and crafts store candles. You really. I'm setting a picture. This is what I am. A nice face mask. So you like get back from the arts and crafts. I'm basically a face mask. I like a nice spa day every day. Is basically <laughs> what I'm saying. Like I, yeah, I wake up, 
face mask, hit the arts and crafts store after the gym, before I hit the studio, light a couple candles, get in my zone. Uh, yeah, so that's my second one, Ken. Nice. And my second one, I'm not really sure. Every time I've talked to people about this, they kind of give me like, oh, you really, that show. <laughs> I've been watching Frasier. Yeah, and okay. <laughs> we people, talked about this. We yeah. talked about it because I watched it before growing up and I loved it. But people were just like, "Oh, Frasier, it's interesting." What are, what are you like a, a a posh dad? Because yeah, people think it's like super <laughs> posh and like smart. I'm like, hey, not posh, not that smart. You don't have to be either of those things to enjoy Kelsey Grammer and David Hyde. Some Pierce. great, some great, great repartee. Some good, yeah. some good conversation. Some sherry, some nice, nice <laughs> jokes. You, yeah, me and you doing a face mask, light some candles after the arts and crafts store, watch some Frasier, play some Pokemon. Uh, my last one, and uh, as a dude who enjoys the gym, you know this isn't something like you would expect me to say. Love hot yoga. I absolutely love yeah, hot okay, yoga. I knew, I knew that one. I love hot yoga. Once a week before COVID, go in there, stretch. By the way, the hardest thing I can ever do. Dead seriously, you see dudes in there like i'd be in there and there'd be like two more dudes in there who were like oh these dudes are like huge like these other guys like falling down like sweating like looking like they're about to throw up and then you have like these like super jacked girls just doing handstands or like even the skinniest dude in the room doing like like headstands or like their foot behind their head and i'm over here like in an eagles t-shirt just being like help me please (laughs) yoga will show you that like lifting strength is not Yoga strength. It's, it's a, a different, different yeah, thing. Different so I have no shame in my game. Is I love some yoga. Time when you like get out of the hot room. Oh, I die. I the first time I ever did hot yoga, I I was in Center City, Philly, and I was going to the studio later at night, and I was wearing my Westchester University baseball cutoff T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is in like yoga stuff. I'm in like my Eagles shorts and like my my baseball T-shirt. It was gray when I walked in. It was black when I left with sweat. Oof. It was like. 12 degrees outside it was like december and i walked outside i for, i didn't even pick my shoes up i had to walk out into the cold and i sat on a bench and i took my shirt off and i just shook like not like shook like i was cold shook Did you like, have like steam coming off steam coming off me like just sweat dripping off me like it was probably freezing before it hit the ground but like shaking because my body was so confused as to what was going on <laughs> so and i went back so. yeah i was gonna say and you said i'm gonna do that again yep i do it all the time so ken what's your last one <laughs> my last one is a musical one. there we go what is it <laughs> and it's more it's definitely because of the age we're at and when we were young. Yeah. I I'd like some good new metal. I don't You like, are a new metal guy, dude. Like <laughs> if I hear Hoobastinks crawling in the dark, <laughs> I'll turn it up. If if he hears uh I Feel So Alive by POD, yeah. We, Youth of the Nation. First kid rock album. <laughs> oh, yeah. Starfish, hot dog flavor. I'm over here talking about candles and and uh like fabric stores and Ken's like, I love me some Hoobastank, dude. Little chocolate starfish and hot dog flavor water, dude. It's who like knows? Bad. I'm like, I know. I know. Listen, I, I know it's like bad. This. I know. I know. But hey, a- man, I was like, what? We were like 10, 8 to ten years old. Oh yeah, that. you definitely, you definitely had some like Jenkos and like spiked blonde hair with like a no fear shirt oh, on. Yeah, I had no fear shirt. <laughs> That's what Ken looked like when I met him when I in college. <laughs> oh man, uh, my honorable mention. I have. Uh, I love to get fresh flowers from my house for my wife and. Not only for my wife, I just like flowers in the house, and that stems from my mom always having flowers around. I like I like flowers. Like I'm I like. Can I know I'm just I'm painting I'm painting a, a very like fancy picture here, like a like a very like I need face masks and I need candles and I need yoga and I need flowers. I, I it sounds like I live in a very ethereal I'm home. Just like waiting for you, to make, you know, a nice pair of Uggs. Yeah, <laughs> like I you know I just like to kick it. Um, 
what else would I say? Like, um, I don't, I will not. I got a pedicure once. I took my wife for Valentine's Day. I'll never do that again. Really? Yeah, I'll never do that. I'm, mm. Nah. As we all know, I love hair care products. Ken does too. Yeah, I mean, if you got the hair. If you got the hair, you got to style it. Um, I think, like, seltzers. I love seltzers. I don't think seltzers are anything you should be embarrassed about. It used to be that way. Unless like, when they Eric first started, everybody was like, oh, what, dude, you're drinking White Claws? I love White Claws, no, dude. If you're I on love the beach them. You're in the summer and they're it's the best. Out, refreshing. Well, I got them this weekend again, and Dana was like, dude, you've been on a White Claw tear. And I was like, it's only one of the last weekends, <laughs> dude. I can't be drinking, like, White Claw in December, like I can, I probably will. Be something the White Claw or the um, seltzer industry needs to capitalize on. Pumpkin spice. I guess you get cranberry for like the holidays. Yeah, pumpkin spiced. Oh, anything carbonated pumpkin. <laughs> get out of here. All right, well that's gonna end our show for today. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Um, big shout out to Wendy Rollins for being here. We have a great episode coming up on Thursday. Uh, can I have kind of an idea for that? I'm gonna run by you, but uh, oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Wednesday we'll be announcing the next single. Stick around for that. Uh, Ken, anything else? No. All right. Fuck you guys. We love you. <laughs>